and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Yen Schiphol. That's Steve Jones. And Jens, today on the program, first of all, it's St. Patrick's Day, right? So cheers to that. Yes. Gotta lift a pipe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we're supposed to do the shot first, right? And then, and then. Well, uh, I was gonna do, do you... the Irish car bomb thing, you know? You drop it in? Drop it in and drink it, but I don't think I'm gonna do that. I'm just gonna savor it. <laughs> and this okay. will just be like a little, this will be like a little bit of this and then a little bit of this, but not all okay. together at once. So we're, so we're supposed I'd to space it out? Through. We're supposed I'm to gonna, space I'm it out throughout the pod. Out. That's what I'm going to do. You can do you can okay. do it all at once if you want. No, I'm I'm going to space it out. You're going to I'm going to space it out too. Yeah. You're going to um, space it out like drinking the whole thing isn't spacing mm -hmm. it out. That's just like getting it done. Oh, okay. Well, that the shot's gone. But <laughs> unless you want to fill <laughs> Yeah, you better do that whole thing then. Uh, if you're going to stay consistent. It needs to last throughout the pod, but it is St. Right. Patrick's Day, and Jens, um, yeah. we just uh, had a chance to interview uh, one of our favorite bands, and uh, they're as St. Patrick's Day as it gets, right? Yeah, that's about as bloody St. Patrick's Day as it gets, right? So we um, went on for what two hours or so. Um, we're, we're talking about flogging Molly first, by the way. We're talking we about flogging Molly. We started off our 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 epic episode 300 uh talking about foggy molly and brought some of the interview in we did gave it a little sneak peek but we're going to play the whole thing in uh in this episode nathan um, maxwell nathan maxwell nathan, nathan maxwell okay uh so we had nathan maxwell from Flogging molly on the program andy's from buddy uh, gang and um and we had a really great chat with him um you don't you haven't done a lot of interviews these days but this is one that you wouldn't have missed right Nope, definitely would have missed, wouldn't have missed that, uh, you know, because we're talking about Foggy Molly here and because you and I had interviewed him together uh, before. I mean, you've interviewed him a couple of times, I think, right? But uh, yes. you and I actually did an interview together um, back at the... At Slims in San Francisco. Slims, yeah, yes. Slims, yeah, yeah. Every time we mention Slims, the, my mm -hmm. first thought isn't what band did we see there? My first thought is whose car got broken into? Was it your car, then mm -hmm. my car? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did, did my car ever get? I mean, I know your tires got deflated. Was my it at that show? Slash my tires. More than one got slashed. Yeah. Was it at I that show? That, I don't. I, I don't know. It might have been. I, might it might have been. been. I think it might have been that show that your tires got slashed. You know, but it was a different show. It was at the Fox Theater that my car, my window got smashed at my car. It also happened at the Fillmore. I don't think that happened at Slim's. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> good. Yeah. Gotta love it. Yeah, um, yeah. Good old but, big cities. But Jens, what's what, what what's one of your, what's one of your most fond memories of flogging Molly? One of my oh my god. You know what? I've got all of these just really killer memories of flogging Molly concerts. But when you ask me that question, I'll tell you right now what the first thing was that popped into my mind. Okay. <clears throat> it was being stuck in the middle of the freaking mosh pit. Right. And here I am, like, I've got some thoughts going through my head. One is, oh shit, I'm stuck in the middle of the mosh pit. Uh, not prepared for this. Second, why am I wearing my fucking glasses, right? Uh -huh. Boom, glasses come flying off. You know, mosh pit, everyone's like, right, hands in the air. And I'm looking down like, oh my God, where are my glasses? And I'm seeing these, 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 these 
you know, shoes, stomping up and down. <laughs> like, this is like boing, 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 boing. You saw that. Somehow, yeah. yeah, I managed to get down on the floor without getting stepped on. And I somehow managed to rescue these damn glasses. And I got them completely, you know, perfect condition. In, intact, huh? Yeah. And I'm like, wow. oh my God, it's, how, how it's is that a, even possible? And I was able to get back up. I think somebody had to help me back up because there were so many people, you know, so close together. But yeah. I was like, I got my glasses. I'm so freaking happy. It's a miracle <laughs> you're here today. I'll tell you that. So It's the luck of the Irish that helped me with my, uh, my spectacles. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got lots of awesome memories. Um, you know, I think the energy, uh, I'm always just going to go back to what the, absolutely amazing energy is that those guys can, you know, can deliver on stage. Um, and you just get swept in, you know, uh, yeah. before you know the concert's over and you're like, oh my God, I'm fucking exhausted. It's, it's great. It's always this great release of, like you said, energy. They, you know, they always give 110% uh, and never phone in a show. I've seen them. I don't even know how many times I've seen them live, uh, yeah. but I've seen them at every size venue. And, uh, and I mean, I've seen them, it's, you know, it's venues as small as Slim's, outdoor, mm. uh, you know, outdoor places. I see, I saw them open for Green Day at the mm. ATT Park, which was, you know, it was one of these moments where, you know, you've been following a band and supporting them for years and mm -hmm. you see them play a venue that size and right, you're right. just so proud, you know, yeah. uh, of them yeah, yeah. That, they, that they're able to, you know, do something like that, you know, and, uh, and, I mean, I think one of the most memorable moments was, uh, I mean, and I mentioned it uh, in the interview, was down in San Diego at Street Scene. Uh, Joe and I uh, covered that festival and did a, a, a good handful of interviews over, I think, two days. And mm -hmm. um, and Flog Me Molly was definitely the, the highlight of, of that, where we interviewed uh, Dave and Bridget. And, right. um, and, and just, I mean, it was... Uh, it was right around my 21st birthday, I think, and uh -huh. I have never. It, I, I'm well, gonna, we're going you know, way back. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so, what uh, album and, did they release back then? I mean, let's get a time, a kind of a time reference here. That was. Oh, I mean, pre-Swagger. No, 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 because that came out in like 2000. Uh, it had to have been Drunken Lullabies. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, and so, like I, you know. The night before, Joe and I uh, were in his studio apartment, which was the size of like a closet, and uh, and, uh, and, <laughs> Cheers! and and uh, and I had my first Guinness ever the night before that that interview. Yeah, ever. And I told Dave Holy that I had my shit. first, Guinness. and he he touched my hair, you know, my hat back, and he's like, "With hair like that and a name like Steve Jones, you just had your first Guinness." And Joe, right. Joe, Joe from behind the camera was like, you're telling the wrong people. <laughs> and, uh -huh. um, right, I was just about to say, how is this possible? <laughs> oh, it was, uh, it was hilarious, uh, <laughs> but I had no shame. And, uh, you know, uh, it was good. It was definitely good times. Um, cool, cool. For sure. <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, uh, you know, since you've had more experience, um, uh, well, since you've known, you know about Floggy Molly a lot longer than I did. You're the one that introduced me to them, and you are already a huge fan at that time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and you've you know done uh, quite a bit. Um, you've interviewed them, you know, more than mm -hmm. I have, or we have together. 
So you might be able to answer this question. I'm not sure, but um, I remember you telling me um, when we were discussing the band back when I didn't know anything is that they started out in LA, right? And they yes. started playing at a bar called Molly, Molly Malone. Malone's. Yep. So, you know what? That's I took that information. I'm like, that's really cool. You know, here's a band. They got together um, and they started playing at Molly Malone's, which you know obviously is an Irish named pub or tiny, you know, concert venue or whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I never really thought about it. It's just that's what it is, and it's in LA. Maybe I'll go there someday. Okay. So, like an idiot, um, I never researched any of this. I was listening to an audio book uh, uh, about this lady um, who grew up in the marsh. Um, I forget the name of the book. It's where the crawdads, where the crawdads sing or something. Ever heard of this? Uh, it sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Anyway, so it's about this, you know, the girl that lives up, uh, that grows up all alone, and she's, and she's, um, she uh, makes her living by going out and and she digs for mussels, right? She, um, this is in the Carolinas somewhere and she gets these mussels and then she sells them to a shopkeeper. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's interesting. That's a good, you know, creative way to, 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 make, uh, to make money um, when your family's abandoned you and you live in the middle of a fucking swamp. Um, mm -hmm. Good for her. Uh, she, you know, she gets older, you know, and then she gets this boyfriend who pulls out this harmonica and I'm listening to this audiobook while I'm walking the dog, right? Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, the boyfriend brings out this harmonica and starts playing Molly Malone. And I'm listening to the narrator tell me this. And I just, I stopped in my tracks. You froze. My eyes yeah. were really big. The dog was like, what are you doing? Come on, let's go. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, Molly Malone's? Molly Malone, that's a song? Oh my God, uh -huh. I'm such a fucking idiot. Why didn't I think of that? It's, she's probably like a significant character in Ireland for all I know. And the probably. song, the song is about how Molly Malone is uh, this fishmonger, right? And she collects mussels and mm -hmm. uh, she dies of, um, you know, some illness. And I'm, and I'm like, that's probably exactly what happens to this lady in the book. You know, it's like foreshadowing or something. Um, so I, I, I stop the audiobook. I go to YouTube and I, I you look up Molly Malone and oh my God, we got Sinead O'Connor singing this. We have Bono singing this. We got wow. tons of artists. And I'm like, I gotta ask Steve if he's ever heard Flogging Molly play this song. And I couldn't really remember. Um, I couldn't really imagine that they would. I'm sure they must have at some point, but it's not really the type of song that they would sing. Yeah, um, It's just not their style, but I mean, being you know, in the Irish from, yeah. tradition, you would think they would have talked about it at some point or maybe just done, you know, just, I don't know, recorded it once or twice, but may, maybe not have, you know, played at a concert. Any, so, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like the unofficial national anthem. So I'm not familiar with, uh, you know, the history of Molly Malone or, or that song, I'll be honest. I am, I'm familiar with Flogging Molly's tie-in to the club Molly Malone's where, uh, which is where they formed and uh, and got their name, uh, but uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Think I've ever heard them play a song called Molly Malone. Right. No. So I'm, I'm sorry. Ask I them during the next interview. <laughs> Gonna, next year. <laughs> next year. For, uh, we'll get we'll get <laughs> right. them on again for for St. Patrick's Day next year, right? So. Uh, exactly. Exactly. I don't anyway. have an answer for you there, but St. Patrick's right? Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy Apparently, Patrick's Day. Molly Malone was a hot babe. 
collected shells during or collected mussels during the day, was a prostitute at night. She was loved by the whole nation and we shall worship her uh, till the end of days. Cheers to Molly Malone. Cheers yes. to Molly Malone. <laughs> mm. Yes, and that's a perfect segue into our interview with Nathan Maxwell from Flogging Molly. Let's bring Nathan on in. Welcome, Nathan. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? Good. How not bad, not bad. This is uh, my co-host Jens uh, and I here. Um, I interviewed, I've interviewed you. This is like the fourth time I've interviewed you over the years, by the way. So um, I don't, that's not a quiz. I don't expect you to remember me. <laughs> <laughs> we interviewed you together once. So that was several years ago. Um, I remember at the back, I don't know, was it Slim's? I don't remember where it was. Yeah. Oh, oh. Um, you know, I don't remember the specifics, but I, gosh, I bet you could refresh my memory. I did see that in the email that you had, uh, we had done some interviews in the past and that, that's, uh, that was cool. So it's nice to see you guys again. <laughs> yeah. Back at you. Yeah. So, um, so how have you, how have you been holding up this past year, Nathan? Let me, let me first ask you, is this on video as well? This, yeah. Yeah. We're going to use it on YouTube also. So, um, uh, want it to be horizontal do you want me to you, yeah do you, uh, do you want to do you want to turn it sideways that would be cool if you can I, I like i like yeah i usually don't like to impose i know it's like a big thing you know definitely horizontal is much better but I've, that's I always better weird weird stopping and asking you know <laughs> oh yeah well yeah that's why i figured i'd i'd ask so all that's right perfect cool. now we're rolling now yeah, we're rolling i still got the spinning waiting thing in the middle of the screen though you guys still have that no, 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 I just can you. see you. I can see your cool flogging Molly Irish flag. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I've got to, I'm just going to tell you something right now. I bought this shirt because my old flogging Molly shirt just got worn out, right? It's borderline rags. So I decided I need to buy another one. And I bought this at the last concert that uh, we went to, last flogging Molly concert we went with, to. It was and, only with Dropkick, wasn't it? Yes, I think it was, think it was with Dropkick Murphys. And um, I was nice. so excited, you know, I'm going to wear this next time we go to Floggy Molly and we haven't gone. Either the well, timing was wrong or the pandemic happened, you know, and yeah, like... yeah, gosh, well, I sh I'm sure that's uh, happened to quite a few people, you know, was, well, I mean, maybe not that exact story, but yeah, here we are, dun, 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 right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, Nathan, I miss I miss the days of the Green 17 tour because, you know, it was like clockwork. You'd come to the Bay Area, you'd play the Fox Theater every year, you know, right around St. Patrick's Day. It's it's like, you know, you, you get your Guinness and we, you rock out with Flogging Wally. And, you know, I love Let's get that. the cheers out of the way, everyone. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. cheers. I wish cheers. I had a Guinness, but cheers anyways. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. We'll have to. Um, yeah, the Green Seventeen, man. That was a that was a great that was a great uh, run. It was a great time, you know, doing ten years in a row, the annual, um, you know, tour to look forward to. It. it would kick off for a year. You know, at first it started with, uh, you know, only seventeen shows. I think was the idea. Yeah. Um, if I can remember correct, and then all of a sudden, you know, it was the tour started in January. <laughs> wouldn't get we wouldn't get home till April. Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah well 
Um, so, so let's talk about kind of where we're at now and kind of work our way back through some of the nostalgia stuff. <laughs> but, but uh, so this past year, I know you've done been doing a lot of fishing. Like, is, is that has that been one of your hobbies beforehand, or was that uh, a recent thing you picked up? Um, you know, I, I liked fishing, uh, shore fishing, and pier fishing when I was a kid uh, in California. Um, but I didn't do a whole lot of it. It, it, but I did do a little bit of it. Uh, it was something I picked up, yeah, about five years ago. Um, and uh, it's, it's great for my head. I really enjoy it. And, um, you know, I can go on and on about fishing. But yeah, it's definitely something that I've kind of dove into uh, with more of a passion in the last five years or so. Yeah. I mean, there's no better time now than, than now, right? To just get out and be. Yeah. And, you know, I found that even, you know, before this for, for my head, you know, there's so many things I love about it, but sometimes it would just be, I'd be sitting in a hotel room on tour and sitting there tying knots, you know, and I'm serious like that <laughs> would just be a great way to pass time. And I remember it does remind me of um, Melancholen, a band from Sweden that we toured with in the past and I you know I'm still I remember so fondly going into their dressing room and they have a vice clamp set up on a table and they were sitting there tying flies and that was before I had actually gotten you know into fishing really and so it was just so exotic to me I didn't really think anything of it just like wow those guys really like fishing um, but now I look back going man that is so cool <laughs> I'd love to talk to them about fishing and I hope I look forward to seeing them again you know nice is there a specific uh, type of fishing that um you know you're more into than uh well yeah i'm right now I, i'm really into ice fishing um mm -hmm. it's it's just kind of it's the time but there's something so it's weird because uh if you would have asked me probably six years ago if i would have ever thought about ice fishing i would have probably like what no way you know um yeah. and here i am it's one of my favorite things i look forward to it i've, I've only been doing it for the last uh two years but um there's something so great about it it's so peaceful and you know it's it's not you know i guess it can be miserable but it's usually not it's usually like epically beautiful and comfortable and yeah uh, uh, all right so i need a visual like i'm visualizing you know you in like a little outhouse type box uh, on the <laughs> ice with a little hole right and that's luxury line, yeah with maybe a tiny little you know heat source but you know there you are well, I'm working my way to that. No, I'm not quite there. I don't have the heat source. I did upgrade for Christmas. I got at one of the little ice huts, the yep. pop-up ice hut. So that's a huge upgrade and definitely necessary when the wind starts kicking in or it's a cold, you know, day. Uh, haven't upgraded to the, the heater, you know, <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. But uh, you don't want to melt the ice. in the manual auger, so I'm getting my workout. <laughs> yeah, nice. And, uh, but, you know, trying to get through, you know, two or three feet of ice is, that's, you know, need some power. <laughs> I bet, I bet. You also need ice, right? And you need water. I mean, you, didn't you guys start off in LA or something? I mean, where do you go yeah. do this ice fishing? Well, yeah. So we did, Flagamalli, you know, formed in LA. I was born and raised there. Um, so I grew up coastal, you know, doing, like I said, shore fishing in Los Angeles and mm. a little bit of pier. Um, no, but I live in Colorado. I've been in Colorado since 2006. Oh. Um, and as you probably know, Colorado freezes, you know, and yeah. uh, we have the mountains, so we have altitude, so the, the lakes freeze early and stay frozen up, up here. And uh, um, 
yeah. Again, if you would ask me six years ago about ice fishing, I would say, what? You're crazy. Um, so <laughs> right, I, I right. imagine some people out there thinking that's, that's nuts, but it's actually a lot of fun. Sweet. Well, good for you. Good for, you know, finding something that you really, you know, enjoy and also something that's unique, right? I mean, most people, uh, you know, will probably never have the experience of, of ice fishing or never really understand the joy in it. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love being out on a boat, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Just think of ice fishing as hard water fishing. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it, it works, right? It works. Sure. At least you can at least you can fish and ice skate in the same day. My daughter actually does that. We will she'll be ice skating and then come and start fishing. She actually caught the biggest trout I've ever seen out of one of these local lakes wearing ice skates. It's the greatest thing. Oh, it's one of my favorite. See that labs that was genuine. That joy is real. So so I went to Colorado for the first time a year and a half ago. Um, really just went to go to Red Rocks. Uh, because I'd heard, you know, in talking to so many bands, I've, you know, heard so many things about Red Rocks and how it's magical and that sort of thing. So have you guys, I'm sure you guys have played Red Rocks. Yeah. Yeah. So what's that experience like for you? And especially, I mean, kind of being on both sides, either in, in the crowd, you know, to, at a show or, you know, and being able to be on stage there because it's, it's a really incredible venue. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite venue, you know, and I have a, I have a handful of like, you know, top venues in the world but that's my favorite venue in the world I, I it is special um it's you you've been there so you know and and you know all the great artists like um you too you're drinking Guinness obviously um <laughs> uh, uh you know Bob Marley um the Beatles you know there's so many just legends uh played there and uh, yeah, living here, I, I try to see as many concerts as I can. Um, and we'll go on, we'll do, we'll go on hikes around there. It's just a beautiful place to take friends and family from out of town. Um, and yeah, playing there was really special. We got a chance to play uh, um, Red Rocks twice. And um, it's really cool that they actually have a kind of a, a like a museum of all the artists that have yeah. ever played there. So I, I actually think it's really special to have, to have the opportunity. So I, I brought my family there and showed them like, hey, look, this, this is when we played. And, and my family have also seen us play there. Uh, so yeah, that's, it doesn't get much better than that, especially on a, I mean, I've been there on a you know, cold night, but the energy makes up for it, right? Yeah, right. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw Weird Al in the Colorado Symphony, so. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that'd be fun. It's it was you know I mean Weird Al's great, right? You know I mean yeah. it's really just about getting to Red Rocks, but I mean I've seen Weird Al a handful of times, but you know I mean yeah that was a that was a pretty cool show to see there. Um, nice. Where you where did you kind of walk around or you stationed in oh, one space spot? Oh yeah, I mean in the crowd. Yeah, I mean, well, I, we, we mostly stayed in one spot, but I mean, I, I walked around when I was getting beer and stuff, you know, and, and of course, I went into, like you said, into the like museum, as, as you said, uh, and I got one of the little coins or what have you, you know. Um, yeah, went to, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, I mean, it's cool when a venue can do that, because for me, it's, and especially being a Bay Area guy, it's the Fillmore. Um, all the time right and you can see that same level of history just walking and getting lost in the posters on the walls and uh and and everything it's it's incredible and feel the energy right oh absolutely yeah and i love it how you know if you walk up the stairs you can see 
the Denver skylight in the background. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, mm-hmm. pretty epic. Yeah. So, um, so as far as like shows you this year, I mean, I know you've had to get kind of creative. You did, you did a show with the bunny gang, right? Um, kind of no, virtual, I, I actually, like a virtual. I, well, okay. So yes. I, I, so the only show I did live this year was um, earlier in the year, I did a solo acoustic show and then, and my wife um, Shelby jumped on stage and sang a couple songs and, the Bunny Gang's guitar player Brad jumped on stage as well and and joined uh, us for some lead guitar. Um, so that was the only actual like live show with an audience. That was before the pandemic. And that was February. Um, and then, um, well, I don't go through the whole timeline, but yeah. So <laughs> I've done a couple. I've done a couple virtual things. I did a, uh, the Bunny Gang did one. It was kind of stripped down without drums just uh the four of us uh for sean wheeler's um uh wheeler fest out of mexico city yeah that was the one, one bunny gang event we did <laughs> i'm kind of remembering as i'm talking it's good he's all cover. coming back now yeah well it's been an interesting year i mean uh, it's uh and i'm kind of bring this whole you know from march of last year to now kind of that year you know it's been an interesting year it's like a lot has gone on in a way um but almost nothing has gone on at the same time so (laughs) (laughs) i was going to ask you about that like what has it been for for you guys you know uh has it been kind of a, a year where you can you can just kind of kick back and you're not quite sure, you know, how the whole pandemic is going to plan out. So maybe you're, you know, brainstorming the next album or the next tour or whatever, and just kind of, you know, trying to relax, or is it more like you're just, you're just hating it and you're itching and you really want to be on the road. <laughs> you want to be doing these shows. What's it like for you guys? Well, it, it's like, there's been phases of it over the year of the, the feelings of it. You know, there's been, um, there's been, I guess, uh, some period, I think, in the earlier part of it where it was like, well, I just kind of figured we'd get back to work. And mm. I think I did kind of waste time a little bit, uh, just kind of taking it easy, you know, thinking like having, a, you know, anxiety was kind of building, like what's going on? Like, you know, I, not necessarily my, you know, personally in a position where I, I can afford to not work, you know, and mm. so, and especially for an extended period of time. So, and then, but in phases, you know, then sometimes the anxiety, to be honest, is, is you know, it gets quite high. You're like, holy crap, it's, we're really not working now. And, and now, mm-hmm. you know, there's a serious, you know, survival mode kind of kicks in to a degree. Yeah. Um, so there's been a bit of that. But, you know, kind of, if I was to, you know, hopefully looking back at this time, it'll have been, a you know, a, a leveling up for myself just personally on the um just kind of my own you know just myself you know i've been spending a lot of time learning about music industry to be honest yeah and really trying to understand it um you know i've kind of had to you know really take a hard look at my business right how i mm. how i survive how i support my kids and my family mm. and i think that is 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 it's painful as it's been um i think that looking you know i hope that one day I can look back at this time and see how 
uh, the benefit that it will have been. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us are kind of yeah. in that boat too. Right. Yeah. I think so. I, I, I do. I hope that, I mean, I think that's going to be one of, one of, uh, you know, uh, one silver lining that comes from this, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so um, as far as kind of, you know, t building off of that a little bit, have you guys been talking about new music and kind of what that looks like, especially being living in different locations, right? Dave and Bridget, live, they live in Ireland, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. And uh, we absolutely are talking about it. And, and I know that, um, you know, Dave has shared, he's got uh, many, many new song ideas or, or finished songs, maybe even. Um, and I, and I, know that uh, the, the rest or, or at least some of the rest of the members of Flogamalli have have uh, songs they've been working on uh, and I've heard some of them and they're they're freaking great I, I can't wait to um, get them together uh, you know Flogamalli is just kind of one of those old school groups and it's harder for us to adopt into this zoom kind of world so yeah. even though we could do it in theory um, it's just not how we really operate and so what we're doing now is just planning the next time we can all be together, which will be sooner than later. It's going to be really soon. I know that um, it's already happened that we're, we're all coming together, you know, to, to make music. So a new album, I, you know, I don't have a timeline in mind, but soon. And, and it's in the works for, for that, for sure. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. 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 So, how is your St. Patrick's Day show working then? Because uh, it's like hailed as like live from Ireland, right? What is that? Well, it's recorded live in Dublin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, what does that okay. mean? Does that mean you guys all fly to Dublin and record it, or? Right. That's what it means. We so all. It's fly. not like it's. <laughs> it's not like everyone does a track in different cities. No, or this is somebody this mixes is, it all together. No, this is actually live. Everyone in in at the pub playing together in the same room nice. with a film crew and all the COVID restrictions in place. But uh, yeah, that's what this means. I mean, it means, you know, flying, getting on a plane and flying to Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds exciting. Yeah, I, yeah uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Good, good. <laughs> and you guys do a an annual uh cruise type thing right yeah we we were i mean we still will be uh we had we did five years uh in a row of our salty dog cruise which yep. um again if you would have probably asked me six years ago <laughs> or, or well, maybe you know 10 years ago uh if that would have you know been something that we would be doing you know i, I might not have believed you but um but truthfully, we worked real hard on it, and um, it's an idea that we've kicked around for a very long time. And um, I just am so happy with how it's turned out. The, the something that seems really odd—a punk rock cruise or an Irish punk rock cruise—it um, turns out it really works, and people really appreciate it. I know I look forward to it every year, and it seems like the other artists that um, have gone on it most of them seem to want to come back if not all of them the fans a lot of the fans are coming back every year year after nice. year there's a high percentage of the we call them shipmates we call ourselves the shipmates you know those of us that love the ship um right there's a high percentage of us that are there every year and that's really cool actually to see that how did that whole thing come about like did somebody just have this crazy idea about you know 
doing the boat thing or does that well, have some sort of historical significance? Uh, significance well, I or? think it does. It, it kind of does have historical significance for Flogamali in the sense that we, we romanticized about like a tall ship cruise idea or something um, way back in the early days. Um, and then of course we heard about other bands doing cruise ships, right? It's not yeah. our original concept course we'd heard about it and we thought can we pull it off and it just took it just took finding the right kind of partners that had confidence that yeah we could pull this off and so once we did find those partners that say hey have you ever thought about a cruise we're like yeah as a matter of fact we thought about it but never knew how to really do it our current partners we had just didn't work out so we finally found the right people to pull it off and um five years later we've the partners have shifted a little bit, but the, the concept has just gotten more and more refined as far as what the Salty Dog Cruise actually means, what the mm. experience actually is, rather than mm. just uh, a lineup of other entertainers that anyone could hire, right? Which is great, but we really, we're trying to, and I believe we, we are successfully creating an event that's special that really has its own character and spirit and it's our fans that we have in mind and they're really a big part of you know inspiring us to to design something that is fucking awesome right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally so, um does molly malone still exist and if so when was the last time you were there oh i i hope so <laughs> it's been a it's it's been a few years since i've been there and gosh i hope it exists i I don't know what it's like in Los Angeles right now. I haven't been there yeah, since been. March, actually, of last year when all this kind of went down. So I, I imagine it's, I, I'd love to think, I'm sure it's fine. And, and you know, last time I was there was a few, several years ago. Uh, you know, it's right there on Fairfax and 6th. Should be. <laughs> Should be okay. Yeah. Uh, as, as you look back, um, you know, at Swagger, what tell me what are your, what are your memories of that album like what uh you know kind of creating it and kind of the the importance of it to uh to flogging molly like uh, i mean i listened to it again today i mean and i can listen to it a thousand times it's it, right. you know it's it's one of my favorite albums of all time and it's just incredible so i mean what oh, is that album you. for you thank you first of all that's really kind um well looking back at that time was pretty special and very different from life today in the sense that you know we, every one of us had a day job it was 1998 when we recorded that record we were all working whatever random jobs we were working we were all we were we would uh, rehearse two days a week west la rehearsal studios um, every Tuesday and Thursday, um, we would gig every Monday night at Molly Malone's and we'd work, you know, whatever our jobs were. And it, it was just a different, different energy because you had to put, it was extra because everyone had to survive. And then you had to put in everything you had for this, this band that you were paying to be in a sense, because you were getting paid. You had to pay to, to rehearse. You had to pay for a rehearsal space and pay gas money to get somewhere. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, we weren't getting paid for it. We, we drank more than we would get paid at Molly's, right? Molly Malone's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. really. Mm. And 
so it was just such so much faith in what we were doing back then so that's kind of cool because you know to take that faith to get a like a personal loan I, I think it was our drummer who got the personal loan and we ended up in at Steve Albini's in Chicago recording these songs and just but it was great because at the time we, I didn't know any different. I was so young and I just didn't know any different. I just knew that this was the greatest band in the world to me. Mm. <laughs> right. So I, I don't know, but looking back, it's cool to see, to think, wow, man, we were really, um, we were really committed, you know, and putting everything into something. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I remember um, I interviewed Dave and Bridget um in san diego at street scene oh four uh i want to say and uh and he told me like angus young told him to play every show like it's uh, uh, his last you know last and yeah. <laughs> and i mean just i mean every time every freaking time i've seen you guys that i mean that's the case doesn't matter if someone's sick or someone's you know i've seen a show where dave's sick and it, you can't tell you know <laughs> when he's playing right but I mean, like, how do you guys go in with like that mentality every night and give it that hundred and ten percent? Well, the, back to those that those early days, you know, Dave was a great leader of a band in the sense that he had those really great experiences um, early on with ACDC and Iron Maiden and these legendary bands. He really had, you know, really had something really powerful and worth worth you know talking about and so dave has these great stories and from the beginning he had a great way of inspiring you know definitely inspiring me um with stories like just the same one that he told you and but that wasn't just a story it was definitely like a like a, a code like we believe this you know what i mean it's like yeah you gotta fucking give it up you're all like every time there's no there's no excuse, right? So that's just how it was. Still is actually, you know, still is really, you know, I mean, over, over the decades, you know, and that's crazy to say decades because my first gig was in 1996 and now it's 2021. So there you it's go. Crazy, right? Five years. Yeah. yeah. That is yeah. crazy. And, and how have you guys grown as, I mean, you guys are ultimately a family, right? How have you guys grown as a family over these past 25 years? Like push through and I mean, remain consistent. Uh, well, the music is the glue, right? That's really it. It's the music, it's the chemistry. Um, there have been some, there have been some small, small changes. I, you know, there have been some changes over the years, you know, there have, that's life, right? Um, but that's the way, what's the way of a family? It's life, you know, there's people, sometimes they dip in and out of a family. Um, yeah, but at the old, for Flog and Molly, from my point of view, it's always, it's the music. It's it's what we were able to, you know, we were, we were able to come together around Dave's vision and, and uh, songs essentially and in Bridget's, uh, you know, the way she plays uh, traditional music, you know, I think they, that, that really set the, the tone for everything to come after that, which, you know, is Flog and Molly as you know it, right? Right. I got a question about Bridget and her violin. Uh, and I've been dying to, to know an answer to this. I don't know if you know it, but when I first saw, you know, Flog and Molly uh, in concert, it was at 
the Fox, I think, in uh, Oakland. And um, I mean, she like she always says she was killing it on violin, right? And within the first couple of songs, the strings on her bow started breaking, right? And, and, and throughout the whole show, she's breaking more and more and more strings, and they're like flying all over the place as she's playing. And I was just like, this: how many strings or bows does she go through <laughs> per year? <laughs> Any idea on that? Did you not ask her when you interviewed her? <laughs> <laughs> I never interviewed her. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's something that is a little bit beyond my pay grade as far as uh, the, the fiddle, um, the violin. We, we do have one of our, uh, one of our, you know, Flogamali family members, Spencer Swain, he, he actually, he plays banjo and mandolin and uh -huh. he actually um, knows the fiddle and helps with that. So ah, he, nice. he, he, if you, if you didn't get a chance to ask Bridget, ask Spencer, I, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> Total yeah. random question. Just it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a couple more questions as we wind up, Nathan, and thank you for, for the time. Um, so you, uh, you played music with your, your dad, too. He's, uh, he's an amazing drummer, right? So t tell me about that dynamic and, um, and what, that, you know, what that is to you, have, being able to, to have that experience. Yeah, my dad is a fantastic drummer. He's been playing music you know, since before I was born. And I think he, he's, been, I know he's been a big influence for me getting into music and believing that that was a worthy pursuit and not having to worry too much about, you know, the, the, the idea of making it or not, but just really loving it. So I'm grateful for that influence. And so when I decided to make, I had songs, writing these songs for just, that's what I, I liked. I'm a songwriter. So um, didn't really fit into Flog, Flogging Molly world universe. Um, so decided to just put out this collection of my own songs and just, I figured I had been traveling around the world with Flogging Molly and felt, you know, so lucky to do that. And I thought not only is my dad a great drummer, but it would be a cool experience to have him and I be in a band together. Cause we didn't really, we weren't really raised and, you know, I, I wasn't you know, divorce and all that stuff. We weren't like in the same house growing up for the most part. So I thought it'd be a nice thing for us to have like a healing and an mm -hmm. opportunity to spend time together. And we did, and it was great. And we recorded two records together and we wow. traveled the world together. Um, we went to Europe and, and you know, Japan and uh, um, made music that I think we're both very proud of. And, um, you know, ultimately it was... <laughs> we decided to, or maybe I decided to uh, stop playing in pursuing um, music that is the way we were. Uh, it just became a little bit too much for me to manage. So we're no longer playing it, like in the bunny gang together. Um, but uh, I really uh, look back fondly on those days and uh, you know, proud of the, what we created together. I think it was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Good for you guys. Good for making the time to yeah, make that thanks. happen. Yeah, I look back fondly on that. It was great, yeah. great effort, great experience. It's awesome. And um, yeah. and so my, my last question will be, you know, and, and maybe it's less of a question is and more of a request. But you know, going back to Swagger and how amazing it is. Have you ever done an, uh, a show where you play an album from beginning to end? <laughs> 
you know, because I would pay top dollar to see swagger for, you know, <laughs> but in its entirety. Totally. So. Well, as, as a matter of fact, we did when, when swagger, it's funny, swagger just turned 20 years. When swagger turned 15, it was, I think it was the first year of the cruise. I think it was. And we actually played the first concert we did on that cruise ship was the whole, whole album swagger from, from oh my gosh. front to back. Um, and I, you know, I, I actually thought maybe we would do that because it, because of the 20th anniversary, but <laughs> that's coming gone, you know, <laughs> we can, we can get swagger to legal drinking age here, you know, and, well, uh, that's our reason to celebrate. So <laughs> I will say that, I will say that I really enjoyed it. I, I think the rest of the band did too. And so I imagine I'd like to think in the years to come, it might be something that happens again. Okay. Well, you know, we'll yeah. be there for it. So <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nathan, thank you again for, you know, for, for taking the time. I really appreciate it and uh, wish you luck with all of those St. Patrick's day festivities that you have yeah. uh, coming up because that's, you know, you got to get creative right now, but you guys are, are doing it. And, uh, and that shot glass set and, you know, and flask and I mean, that's, that's really cool. you got some cool new, new swag out there. So I like it got some good people around us so yeah 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 nathan again thank you so much for the time thank you so much for bringing your talent you know to the world uh my last question is what are you going to do on saint patrick's day i mean is it going to be the ice fishing thing or is it going to be what maybe no uh you know i'll probably St. Patrick's Day, you know, it's the the Flogging Molly live stream, right? So that's that's going to be my day. Um, and I, I actually, <laughs> uh, who knows? You know, I actually, I this is something that just right before this interview started, I did my very first ever um, cameo request. I, and I saw you had that on your Instagram. So <laughs> did you? Uh, yeah, I you know, and I yeah, so that's that's interesting I, I signed up today for that and uh actually um a friend fan a longtime fan and friend sent a request in and seemed genuinely excited about that and that really made my day i, th I thought that was cool so you know that's one of the things i you know again even like a few months ago the thought of doing something like that would just be really alien to me um, but I did, I looked into it. I asked a couple of friends what they thought about it. And they seemed to think it was actually something that was pretty positive. And then I saw, I saw, saw some people that I liked on there, like Mickey D from Motorhead. And then my, you know, my friend El Jefe is on there for no effects. I was like, you know what, that's kind of cool. And I think I see the positivity in it. You know, I really do. So it's a stretch for me to be honest, because it's just different. It's a different mindset, but I think I've been living with an outdated mindset for some time, to be honest with you. And mm -hmm. so hopefully it's something that's good. And hopefully Joanna likes her message. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she will. And, and you know, we, we have to have different mindsets. And a lot of bands also, when this started, right, and everything came to a screeching halt, they're like, okay, I'll do an Instagram live show, I guess, because you got to scratch that itch. You got to get out there. You got to get creative. And you got to connect with your, your fans in some way, right? So, yeah. I mean... Yeah, props to you for doing that. Thanks, appreciate it. Yeah, well, you have a good uh, evening then, Nathan. And uh, yeah, yeah we'll, thanks, guys. 
Happy we'll be seeing you out here. Thanks. And, uh, yep. Thanks yes. for reaching out. Yeah, right on time. So uh, you guys take care. You too. You too. And we'll you see too. you out here on the West Coast very soon. Okay. All right. Cool. Take care. Bye. Bye. Take care, man. Bye. That was the interview with Nathan Maxwell from Flogging Molly. And Jens, that takes us to the final segment on the program. What is it? Well, Steve, it's time to talk about some music news. That is right. And so typically we go back and forth with stories and uh, what's going on in the music world. But right now, this is a, our St. Patrick's Day episode. This is our Flogging Molly episode. We're making this whole episode about Flogging Molly uh, and paying due respect to the band. Um, we're going to actually uh, take a unique approach to the music news today and, um, and go through an article on Kerrang! in which Dave King, uh, the leader of Flogging Molly, uh, was interviewed about, and he actually ranked his albums from, uh, from least favorite to, uh, to his favorite. So we're going to work our way down from six to number one uh, in Dave King's rankings um, and, uh, and talk about it a little bit on the way. Sound good? Sounds good, Steve. All right. So number six from Dave King is uh, his most recent album, actually, uh, Life is Good. Apparently the album, not as good, 20, from 2017, in Dave King's estimation. Um, mm, okay. He, he says, uh, there's an irony in the title of our last album that some fans might have missed out on. Life was not good. Uh, but at the same time, it reflected an outlook I learned from my mother. Uh, she had a hard life, but she always enjoyed it. The title mirrors that same idea of brushing over the negatives and trying to feel better than the situation you find your, yourself in. Um, he says, uh, I do love those songs. I listened back to them in my kitchen just last night, but every band had that album where it was uh, punishing to make. Our torture was to go back uh, to the place where we recorded Float um, and... Uh, hoping to rediscover uh, that sense of joy uh, and to have that experience uh, soured by all these different circumstances we found ourselves in uh so not their favorite album do you uh do you remember um uh, life is good jens what are your and what are your thoughts on it i do remember it and i don't um i remember how do i say this i liked the album and it grew on me you know, it was one of those albums where I was like, okay, you know, it's good. You know, I'm glad I gave it a listen, but it wasn't really what, you know, I was hoping it would be. I was hoping for, you know, some more of the, the old style stuff, but it, it yeah. really did grow on me. I, you know, I, I like it just as much as the rest of their stuff, um, but it just took, it took some time uh, to kind of get there. So there's no bad flogging Molly, right? I mean, that's the thing is uh, it on this, we're looking at a scale that's, you know, that's already pretty ad advanced. And, you know, yeah. and when we get new flogging Molly, which isn't every year, uh, it's pretty exciting. So I remember being excited for, for this al album and, and looking at the, the, the list, it just, yeah, there's songs like the hand of John L. Sullivan. Uh, that song is a, always a great one that they play live. Fantastic song. Yeah. Especially yeah. played live. That's one of the yeah. things you got to think about, you know, when you when you listen to a new Flogging Molly album, you gotta you gotta imagine, you know, what that song is gonna sound like uh, live because they can seriously bring it on and bring their music to life uh, on stage. But yeah, that's that I would I would say that's not my favorite of their uh, their albums. So I can uh, I can be on board with Dave King for that. What what's number five, Jens? Well, let's see. 
Okay, number five, we've got Speed of Darkness, and that uh, was released back in 2011. And I'm trying to remember if that was the album, I think that was the album that they released after I became a big fan. Mm. Um, or maybe I became a fan just after they released the one before that. But anyway, um, so Dave says, I'm ranking Speed of Darkness second last. Oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, but so we, we became friends around 2000. 10 2009 right and um and and float came out in 2008 so that that was your first new flogging molly after i yeah. introduced them to you right 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 yeah mm -hmm. that is correct um uh so wow okay so second last but it was still an amazing experience he said the album was written in detroit michigan where bridget had grown up but it was recorded at Echo Mountain Studio in Asheville, North Carolina. And the last track we did, uh, Saints and Sinners, was written and recorded at Sonic Ranch Studios in El Paso, Texas. Um, so there were some echoes between being in Detroit in the early 21st century and being in the Dublin tenements uh, where I was growing up. I remember writing songs like The Power's Out about the terrible situation that city was in. Um, both places had a darkness, but both places always had that sense of hope. Uh, that always tied into the Floggy Molly mindset of uplifting your own spirits while also trying to lift other people's. And I've got to say, I mean, that is what he just said there is so clear when listening to that album. Mm -hmm. um, and when I first gave it a listen, I thought, oh my God, why are we listening to songs about Detroit? And I've never really had a good impression of that city. Um, and then I realized, oh, you know, duh, we're taking kind of the music that, uh, you know, bands um, wrote about the times in Ireland back in the past, you know, the hardships, uh, you know, the poverty, the, you know, all the mining and all this shit. Um, but we're just, we're doing it here in the US, right? We're trying to find equivalents here. And, you know, we're talking about the hardships here in the United States. And that, what's that? Once I got that, I'm like, oh my God, that's brilliant. You know, yeah. the struggles live on, you know, they're just as real, they're just as painful. Um, um, uh, you know, we're just talking about uh, life here in the US. Uh, but again, you know, it was a different type of album. Um, and it was, for me, it was also one of those that, um, I liked uh, early on, but uh, grew, the album grew with me over time. Yeah, and there were a couple of songs on it that uh, that I did like. Um, Don't Shut Them Down, Saints and Sinners, uh, those, uh, those being among them, Speed of Darkness, I think it was, was good as well. Uh, but as a whole album, you know, again, comparing Flogging Molly's catalog, it's it's not at the height of flogging Molly for me. It's there aren't there aren't a ton of tracks on there that I'm like, oh man, this is one that I I love it when they play this live. I can't do you know without this song, you know that sort yeah. of thing. It's it's a solid album, yeah, yeah. but it you know yeah. but um but not in my top. So um, yeah, I hear you. Um, let's see. There's I think there's one song I wanted to just give a call out. Uh, remind me if you if they if they play this one live frequently. But one of my favorite songs on this album is "The Present State of Grace." I think they did a, that a 
couple of times. I don't know if they did it every time. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's nice because it's, it's, it's not like the rest of their stuff. It's, it's, it's softer, you know, it's kind of a nice little break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once they play that song, it's like, oh, da, 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 you know, and then all the thrashing starts again after that when they play the next one. But, um, but there's, yeah, there's some, there's some real nice uh, songs like that um, on some of their albums. And I really, really like that one. So I was looking forward to it. All right, nope. so Steve, number four. Number four uh, for Flogging Molly is uh, Within a Mile from Home from 2004. This one came after Drunken Lullabies, um, uh, uh, which was, it was three years later from Drunken Lullabies. And I remember seeing them tour this, uh, this album at, at least once, um, probably several times. Uh, and Dave King has this to say, Within a Mile from Home feels like the moment that we really solidified as a band. If you listen to it song by song, it's just incredible. As a band, we were growing up uh, uh, and we were a band with so many influences with seven people, all of whom came with their own ideas and passions. We've always made sure never to stop learning as a band. Um, and um, he talks about a thematic de development too. Uh, when you expand the song sphere, it allows you to reflect inwardly on yourself and to feel the need to write about stuff that you wouldn't in other situations. Uh, so uh, within a mile from home, a couple of uh, tracks that, uh, they're con that are consistently played, of course, within a mile from home, they play, play a lot. Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, fucking mm -hmm. love rocking out to Seven Deadly Sins, right? Amazing, right? Yeah. Whistles the Wind, um, uh, Light of a Fading Star, Tobacco Island, um, like, uh, I mean, this is, I mean, this album has a lot of the hits that, uh, um, that you know from a Flogging Molly show and that you're like, yes, love this shit. And they even had Lucinda Williams, Williams on a song, Factory Girls on this album, which is, uh, which is pretty cool as well. So this is, you know, definitely a solid uh, Flogging Molly album. You know what? I, I feel like listening to this right now. We just take a break and rock out to this and come back. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to take uh, step aside for an hour, fucking rock out right. to Flogging Molly. And uh, we're going to get sidetracked here. And then, uh, and then we'll be back. Don't mind us. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, thumbs up on, the, on that album, Jens? Yeah, definitely. Definitely thumbs up. I wouldn't say that was my favorite album, but uh, it's, it's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like, you know, based on but what Dave writes is that it, um, wait, where does he rank it? Where does it say he ranks he, it? He ranked it number four. So we were at number four with that one. The numbers are working oh, the way down. You, these are in order of ranking. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Oh my yeah. God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number three, Drunken Lullabies. Yes. Uh, someone's got already uh, having some Drunken Lullabies right now. So. <laughs> Fantastic song that is right and album of course so Dave says in my memory swagger and drunken lullabies feel like different sides of one album we'll be talking about swagger shortly um both recorded with Steve Albini at Electric Audio uh, Studio in Chicago drunken lullabies uh, was the first album we made after having actual experience as a touring band Though um, it was already kind of written as we were going along, well, one of those rambling things uh, where things just led into each other. That's nice. 
when that happens, huh? Uh, we never had the pressure of a record label on our shoulder telling us what we needed to do and when we needed to do it. Uh, we've never given a fuck about what anyone else thinks. Because of that, here we began to grow. Nice, yeah. Um, with benefit of hindsight, uh, Drunken Lullabies is also the point at which the Celtic folk punk formula clicked. Um, and that's such a signature formula, right? Yeah. Um, if you look at the Irish traditional bands that influenced us, like the Pogues, uh, the Dubliners, and on back to the, um, the Clancy Brothers, uh, they all learned from each other. The Pogues wouldn't be who they were without the Dubliners and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, so this album has, uh, of course, Drunken Lullabies on it. It has the song Swagger on it. Uh, yeah. It also, Revels of the Sacred Heart is on it. And yeah. that's a freaking a great classic. one. If I ever leave this world alive, like, I mean, Amazing. oh my God, when they, when they play that live, it's it, it's freaking awesome, right? So yeah. there are... Yeah. There are a number of great songs on the on this album that you know that they bring to their live show, and uh, and all really really awesome. Yeah, the the, the Kilburn High Road, um, the rare, yeah, the rare times. I mean, holy shit! Can we take a yeah. break and listen to this album? <laughs> We're just gonna oh, listen God. to the Flog Molly Don't don't mind us, right? Uh, so I mean, I, you know, Steve, it's it's. I hate to say this, but you know, as we're reviewing uh, this Dave's list of rankings here, it really, really reminds me how long it's been since we've been to a Foggy Molly concert. And I'm just, oh my god, dying to hear this stuff live. And when I, you know, when I listen to their albums, it's usually you know in the car when I'm just you know running errands and stuff. And yeah. What you hear, you know, coming through the speakers is just does not compare at all to what you hear live. Two different experiences, absolutely. Two but totally different experiences. And I'm talking about the power. You know, you don't really hear uh, the power of the music through whatever, you know, shitty speakers you have to be listening it, listening, yeah. listening to. But when, when you know, once you're actually in at the show, you 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 you're right in there you feel the energy and it just it takes you um, so uh, i will take that and i'm going to take a tangent from our list and mention whiskey on a sunday which came out in yeah. 2006 and uh, i got an advance of that album i, re I remember and uh, and listened to it i don't remember where I exactly i was going but i'm sure i was in the car and uh and listened to it and there's a 12 minute version of black friday rule and whoa and i I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I remember emailing the publicist and saying, you know, like, and telling him and saying, hey, you know, tell Dave that this is amazing, you know, so, uh, so you can get that live experience kind of through that mm -hmm. was a live album. Sure. Um, uh -huh. you know, um, which isn't you know normal it isn't the same as their studio albums but, uh, you know, they're very much a live band. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was wondering, one thing we haven't talked about uh, on this podcast yet is that uh, Floggy Molly did do a live show uh, today. They did a live show today? Dublin, uh, all streaming. Um, and I was thinking to myself, you know what? I wonder if they're going to make a live album out of that. Like they could oh, be in a recording help. studio, you know, doing a live album, streaming it, 
and actually yeah. making it, you know, a live album, <laughs> I mean, which I would I, love. That would be awesome, right? It would be awesome to, to get that live. Absolutely. So number two, Jens, uh, is actually my number one. Uh, and I talked to Nathan about this in, in the interview, right? And that is Swagger. So that is my first entrance into uh, Flogging Molly. Uh, the album came out in 2000, but I first saw them, I think, around 2003. So I'm a couple years behind, uh, but not, not too far. And uh, And... And yes, I mean, when I listened to that album, it, probably before we, uh, you know, I saw them for the, the first time, uh, I mean, it was just amazing, you know? I mean, I remember loving it and pulling out, you know, tracks and talking to Joe about, you know, his his favorite tracks on, on the album. I remember him, yeah. you know, uh -huh. uh, yeah, I remember him saying, um, where is the... Uh, track list i'm not finding it on apple music that's cool uh yeah i was just um, gonna say what the hell i'm tapping on the swagger album on apple music and it's not there it was there earlier like, today you seeing that yeah that's that's special there's the album and there are no songs on it um what the hell man it's, they didn't renew the licensing or whatever i don't know like i see all the I mean, I see all the songs individually if I look at top results, but I don't see the actual album. Uh, so that's that's interesting. But um, but anyway, um, I know, right? Um, but I mean, Swagger has has everything, um, and it's it, it it's a it's one of those albums. that's a near perfect album. Uh, it's one yeah. of my favorite albums, uh, and uh, I mean, and it has Salty Dog, the worst day since yesterday. Black Friday rule. The likes of you again. Iconic Every dog song. has its day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Far away boys. Uh, oh my God. Life in a tenement square. Grace of God. I go. Oh, I go. The whole album uh, is incredible, uh, and uh, and every song is a hit that uh, that they can play mm -hmm. live. Um, yeah. And yeah, I love it. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that's one of the reasons uh, Foggy Molly is such a special band. You know, is because on every single album, even the newer ones you have a lot of uh, songs on there that are worthy to play at a show. Yeah. You know, and, and most artists can't say that. You know, you've got one hit, two hits maybe, you know, the rest of it you can listen to, but, no, man, you know, that's... I mean, it, it, it must be amazing as an artist to know that you have a, an album that you could go and you could just, even if you had recorded it 20 years ago, you know, like Peter Gabriel's So, I think he went out, or what was it, was it So? Who was it? I don't know, somebody some, somebody went out and they, they played their entire album. Oh, it was U2, and it was Peter Gabriel. I think they both did it with those, with those albums. And they just, they, 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 played, um, they played the whole thing for one concert. You know, that's how good it is. Yeah, yeah. it's great when you get an album like that, right? And, and I recommended yeah. that to Flog Molly for Swagger, so. Hopefully we'll yeah. get that to, to happen based on my recommendation, right? We know I'll get credit. Uh, uh, it will be because of me if it does happen. So. <laughs> They'll let everyone know. Thank you, Steve Jones. Not from the... Um, Sex Pistols. Not, yeah. not from the Sex Pistols, right? <laughs> the other <laughs> one. recommendation. Uh, yeah. And, and, and so that takes us to Dave King's number one album. Do you want to uh, tell us what that is? Sure. All right, so his number one album, and we all know it's his number one album because it has a big one next to it. Right. 
This float, uh, so that was back in 2008. Um, okay, hold on here. So this is by no means in chronological order, right? I'm just doing a reality check here. So um, this came out in 2008, so that was definitely after Swagger. Okay, so um, he says, what some people might not know is that when Pluggy Molly uh, got together to make a record, we literally um, lived together in the house or studio. Uh, Swagger is my favorite memory of doing that. We all went to the Grouse, Grouse Lodge studios near Rosemount. In, so I don't know why um, he's talking about Swagger in this in this uh, yeah, quote because sure because if he because he said uh, float is number one. So uh, yeah. I don't know. We can we can skip his quote on that. I don't know. Skip, <laughs> skip that quote. Okay. Anyway, so blah 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 blah, blah. farms and Ireland and stuff. And lots of stuff. Um, so he says, uh, something else people might not realize is that uh, most of the work is done before we ever got into the studio, right? We write, we rehearse, uh, we feel confident that we should be able to go in and uh, do two takes and that's that. That's exactly what happened with Float. Hmm. Two takes. Uh, Ryan uh, Hew Hewitt, but Hewitt, help me out. <laughs> Not I'm not looking at it. So, anyway, it was sorry, Ryan. Uh, was there producing it, and um, <laughs> there was this incredible atmosphere where the people uh, there who owned the studio were singing back vocals on the actual recordings. Oh, that's cool. Backing vocals. Oh my god, that's funny. All right, um, it was the sort of wonderful experience that any band would wish for. Uh, record in the morning, get drunk at night. It was just fucking fun and this <laughs> album has requiem for a dying song on it of course oh Flo my god one of the best flogging molly songs um uh let me see yeah and i mean those are the main ones those are the only two singles off of this album uh requiem for a dying song and float so uh but i mean it, i remember it being a good album i haven't it's not one that i go back and listen to a lot so if I'm pulling out Flog and Molly, but um, but I do remember it being okay, but it's Dave's favorite, so we'll give him credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, that's Dave's top six, Jens. All right. Yes. So uh, do you think there will be a, a seventh, honestly? I mean, another album? I'm sure hope, hoping there is because uh, we need more Flog and Molly in our lives and, you know, Nathan said it, they've been talking about it, so this is um, true so we'll uh we'll just hang tight and hopefully get some new music in the next uh couple of years new plug and molly so that's our show for gotta today be patient. gotta be patient that's our show it is yes i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it steve happy saint patty's day on Back my screen you. right now that is steve jones and that is jen shippel we will catch you next time when we have lucy spragan on the show <laughs>